0: Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center.
1: We stand here tonight, and I would like to say that the song would in the first place go to our state president, Cyril Ramaphosa, and every president of the nations of Africa for your time has come. Now President Ramaphosa doesn't know me, but I know him. See, I stood before him without him knowing I was there with a holy angel next to me. And I knew he was going to be the next president. the things when they get revealed that kind of rip out your inner parts and you get them on your lips and you open your mouth to speak and the Lord says, stay silent and you close your mouth again and you realize the time's not there but let Africa understand for as yet they've not known and this revelation is not fully understood proclaimed taught in Africa itself when the Lord had spoken long time ago but the vision is for an appointed time so lord elijah stood on the mountain and he simply said let these people know that you've done all these things at your word fire fell when you speak the fire falls a nation in the north of in shomer samaria for years have drifted away from god and so he sent elijah and then elisha And they all had chances. But tonight, because I believe tonight with all of my heart, when you speak, Moses had to work wait 40 years before he could speak. He had to go in the wilderness and meet you at the burning bush, Lord. Then he could come back. Then you know when you speak, when you then speak, you know the authority is with you and the mountains move and the Red Sea will part and the things will happen. And really there is nothing that one becomes fearful of, even when you're faced with fallen angels. Means nothing, means absolutely nothing when you know who's with you. And I would pray, Lord, that the ideologies of so many that have gone before some so many have been buried through the ages of Africa did not understand may the revelation come to this people of this continent this moment, this night let it be at thy will, O Lord I depend upon you And Lord, everything I do, I want to do in humility towards you and in respect of you. For many have arisen, and many walk around and thus say to the Lord, when the Lord had not spoken, you spoke to me about that, and I spoke to you about that, and you said that judgment is due. So therefore, when the word of the Lord goes out, the word of the Lord moves the mountains, stills the storms, and causes one to walk on the water. You go through rivers, you go through fire, you come out of the fire, oven, out of the lion's den, and here is a continent in the south. One continent, the last frontier, as it were, before the great doors opened in heaven for the bride to go and meet. The father of the bridegroom we thank you for this in jesus name amen thank you very much i just before i get into this just because at midnight tonight we start the daniel fast starts at exactly when the new date comes and today being the ninth when the clock strikes 10 January, it's day one. Shall last 21 days from the 10th to 20, what's it, 21, whatever. The end of the month, 21 days, three weeks. And um, we have learned this morning, we're not, according to what Daniel did, let each one decide how God leads him in his own heart. Moses also said from... Hearing from heaven above and meeting with you on the mountain, said each one as the Lord has stirred up his heart. The other thing was the word lechem, which is bread in any form and fashion, and the other one that is the word delicacies, which can, which includes meat, flavored and whatever, and then of course sweets like you would get at a banquet. These are all reserved for the wedding supper of the Of the Lamb right now. But at this moment, it's a serious moment because people have been suffering in Africa, and clearly the politicians of the planet have no clue of what goes on. Men of God walk around, they don't understand. Yet it is very simple, Lord. It is here that by your grace, I'm even just in the fear of the Lord humbled to even confess that you caught me up to see the city of gold and the great door which is mentioned in Revelation 4.1 and I knew at the end of the darkness the light will shine suddenly the world will have the voice of yet another sign, quite different from number one. Right, Holy Spirit, thank you now. I was thinking of, you know, all these guys that in the Bible, that men that walked and prophesied. You stand at Bethel. There in Israel, they constructed a ladder to show, because it's a stairway, really, the Hebrew says stairway, and the angel's descending, and descending on the stairway, God at the top. Yaakov, Jacob, looks up and said, surely the Lord is in this place. This is none other than Beit El, Beit the house of El Elohim, The Almighty. And he anoints the rock. And that same rock gets carried into Jerusalem as the rock which the builders rejected, the very one on which all of us lean and determines our future, by whom we have been created, makes a vow to the Lord and moves on. But where did it all begin? Because of a political ideology? Not so. Because of hatred. He walks in hatred, walks in darkness. This country, if you look for yourself on the statistics, and you compare statistics with statistics, they're difficult sometimes to come by, but if you know what to look for, you get it very quickly. But we easily, way up over, the, over 80% of the country, are registered as Christian. There's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. The responsibility is enormous. And it's not for children to play like toys with this responsibility. You see the desperation in hearts. You see the desperation in people. You see people dying. You pray you walk to the hospital, they want to put the stuff on you, you think, for the sake of, that's okay. But if they knew, by whom I've been sent to go just there, they wouldn't even bother with that stuff. For once the Lord has touched you, whatever it is the devil wants to put on you, dies on the spot. Because with the Lord, and with the spirit of the Lord, there's liberty. There's liberty. I don't have to study for a thousand years to understand that he comes down i know so you better listen you're sitting down i now just see somebody sitting in cape town you're sitting where you exit where you exit right at the bottom there there's like a restaurant then on on the one side on the other side also restaurant there's an exit there You're sitting there on the cell phone, you're busy looking at the service, I'm talking to you, because you're at the end of the line. When you come back home, you'll find things have changed, will change from hereafter. So be glad, because you've committed your life to Jesus at just the right time. Now the story that we have to tell begins very far back. And I was not permitted to talk about it. And it's very difficult when you understand the thing, as I said this morning, which the Lord had revealed. It's very difficult. You understand it, but you may not speak it. And you see, as it's written in the Psalms, why did the nations rage? And the Lord is in his holy temple. And the Lord loves When he sees the blundering of many a leader through many ages, dark ages, I tell you. But it goes further back, goes back to Noah. So if we go back to Noah, then we do find what is the vision that is for an appointed time. So to just orientate, I will mention Luke seventeen, as it was twenty six as it was in the days of Noah, so it also will be in the days of the Son of Man, which is our Lord and Savior, the king of glory. And again, in matthew twenty four verse thirty seven, as it was in the day of Noah, Noah, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Very significant words spoken in the Bible. Yet few fully understand, because if you do not have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, you do not walk with God, you don't understand when he speaks to you. It comes through difficulty, and that's why the Lord said to his disciples, Are you without understanding also? But he had compassion. I thank you for that, Lord, because great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Now, Noah was a man man that found favor and grace in the sight of the almighty God. Faring all his generation. He believed God and he obeyed God. He simply obeyed God. And Noah had three sons. These three sons were literally the literally the seed by which God would populate the planet after the flood, in the time of the giants, the giburim, the anakim, the samim, the tzantumim, the anakim, the long-necked giants. So what is that? Well, read about the story, 1 Samuel 17, about David and Goliath, and you know what I'm talking about. It starts in, in Genesis chapter 6, and thereafter, before and after the flood there. And the leadership of angel that's in the bottomless pit by the name of Azazel. Therefore, the goat, the scapegoat had to go to Azazel, laden with the sins of the nation every year to make the punishment worse. And in those generations, when Noah came out of the ark, um, he had three sons. They were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. To say it like you say in English, Shem, Shem, Ham, Japheth. Now Shem is very easy. I mean, fundamentally Hebrew, Shem simply means name. Strange name to give a person, just say name. What you would call our son, we would call him Shem. Name. But he was the firstborn. There was, there was Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Japheth is a little different because it means one is very fair in terms of his appearance, is light in his complexion, where Shem was very much in the same complexion of the people that live in the Middle East, the same complexion. And you'll understand a lot more after tonight. And... Um, And so Japheth, once released, moved northwards towards Russia, into Europe, and the so-called New World. I speak over 2,000 years of church history and world history. I do not have the time to get into that. We can, but we don't want to do it now. But there was a third son called Ham. And Ham is very, very important to our story. In fact, so important that it's central to the story. When is this? When all mankind has been wiped out, there are three young men walk out with their father. And what does their father do? He, he, he plants a vineyard and he has grapes, grape juice. Now, we do know in biology, you very quickly find out that there's a thing called fermentation. And that the, the producing of alcohol through it. And you stop it by adding sugar and some specific chemicals. But of course, in those days, you just get out of the ark, plant the vineyard, very very glad, very happy. Had some of the grape juice, and it already had alcohol in it, and he became drunk. And he went into his tent, bait, the word bait, second letter on the Hebrew alphabet. Went into the bait. And so, therefore, the letter bait is actually a flat line with a tent, which through etymology, the tent went like that, and the tent became like that. So, we have the letter B. And we have it in so many languages, exactly the same thing. So, he went into his tent. And um, while in his tent, Ham, for some reason or another, went inside as he went His father, now being intoxicated with the alcohol that came, his father was naked. And Ham saw the nakedness of his father. I don't want to go further with that because the time does constrain me and I want to get to Africa. So he sees that and he goes, he tells his brothers. But almost the strange point is this, that his brothers immediately respond. They take a blanket and they walk backwards into the tent. You never uncover the nakedness of a father. In the church world too. We, the church leaders, that have been a little bit longer in the field, we know that if a co-laborer of the harvest sins, You don't speak to, let's say, CNN or something. You have to cover the nakedness of fathers. And so they go backwards, they throw the blanket, they walk out, but Noah wakes up and he understands what what had happened. He begins to say something, the first words that comes over his lips. He doesn't say ham. He mentions something which is yet to come. Ham would have a son called Canaan. He didn't talk about him either. But he was actually speaking way into the future. Now there's something that we must understand. That's why I actually in many ways, I, 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 I'm I not able to have a large friendship circle because it's too dangerous. And something can happen and cause harm to people. But Noah immediately doesn't say to him, you're cursed. He says, Before anything happens, we're not talking children or nothing or families. He just says, cursed be Canaan. And he begins to give a curse which is so profound that it would run into generations. And there's no way that it could be stopped. Or could it? Question. You see, I need to say to you, beloved friends, in this book here, which I carry, it's actually carrying me and you. There's the word racism is not found in here. You look by any dictionary in it, whatever, Whatever you want to go in, whatever translation, you don't find such a thing. whenever that is said, it's like kind of, okay, fine, kingdom of God's not even relevant. But throughout generations, and for generations, of how many ever hundreds of years Africa has been, this continent has been ravished. And I need to be very much in control of myself because if I even dare to think of that, I become angry. And if I get angry, then I will lose what the Holy Spirit is saying. So God help me on that one, surely. But the man with the name of Ham, against his brothers, because there are three, there's Shem, Ham, Japheth. Japheth goes up into Europe, through Russia, Poland, right into Europe, crossing towards England further through the centuries, goes all the way to America, North America, South America. It's fundamentally the children of Japheth, that's fine. But Shem stays right there because he stays with Abraham and... The story would unfold when God begins to speak to Terah, which is the father of Abraham, say, move to, to the land of Canaan. Th- three brothers, two of the brothers say, don't go there. How do I know? Well, the Dead Sea Scrolls tell me that. It's not very difficult to find that out. So against the will, and even if you leave, read the books of the prophet Enoch, you read it also. It was against the will of his brothers that he would go to that particular spot on the earth because God had another thing there. There was one called Yeshua that would arrive and save the planet. What God spoke in Genesis 3 verse 15. I'll put enmity between your seed and the seed of the woman. And I like, if you look at the Amplified sometimes Other say he will only bruise your heel. You will only bruise his heel, but he's he's going to, and it's a much more emphatic, he's going to literally strike your head like when you strike a snake, the thing becomes paralyzed. And the venom is gone. The sting is no more. And the death that it causes can cause no more. And the fear that it causes, for who fears a dead snake? We still stay with him because it's important because Canaan or Canaan, as they would say in mod language, went and he claimed that that territory at that time. And being in that territory, his brothers are not happy with that at all. He also has children. And these are very important people now if you look at his, just like um, Genesis 10 verse 1 and Genesis 10 verse 6, it takes you straight to who is it then that came from him. The first one was Cush, Mitzrayim, and Put, and Canaan. So we know what Canaan did. And we know where he stayed. But there were more. There were Put, there was Mistraim, and there was Cush. Three more. Now, who on earth? Let's begin with the middle one. Let's say Mistraim. Who's that? The first person to step in a place called Egypt. From him came the Egyptians. Africa. Africa. Second one. Let's take the second one. Let's take the one called Put. Now, where did he go? Libya. Africa. Again. And each one's name was very clear. But of particular interest. Of particular interest in terms of of where this thing will go and you will see. Is it you know one thing I love God. I love about God? I always say but God. Everybody say but God. Now watch this thing. Just bear with it and watch. He has the third one, which of course is um, a man called Cush. The, the names of these men are all descriptive fundamentally, unlike Shem, which means name. Um, unlike, unlike him, these names meant something specifically. No, child is born, one child's born, let's say, for example, for argument's sake same parents, whatever, one is a blonde child, other one has dark hair, one has got pale skin, other one's got dark skin, the other one's got this. It makes no difference to God because I want to say this emphatically. Racism doesn't exist in the Bible. It only exists in political circles. They'd want to be voted for. But Philippians 3.20 tells me something else. And it tells you something else. How many of you believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God, And you say, yes. And in Africa, it is study how many do believe in in him. Get off at Kenya, and as I get off at the airport, get there, we're going into, I'm going to preach in uh, Nairobi, and the first thing that happens, the lady gives a big smile, and she's got a cross, and we say, hello, That's a nice cross. Yes, we believe in Jesus here. We find there's a huge percentage of Christians out in Kenya. We go to Uganda. I preach in the National Stadium. Massive amount of Christians. Now, how is that even possible when the rest of the world was merrily, merrily, merrily developing anything up to traveling to Mars? And in the meantime, nations, not a nation, the nations of Africa did not even know what on earth is going on. But I knew all along, because I could not understand it, but as a schoolboy, I had three sisters, nobody to play with. And I remember going there, was like a little circle close to our house. And I had to, I'm going to say it because, for want of, of just, that you clearly understand me, just so bear with me. Because... I had two friends, and they were both black children. And were we chommies? My goodness. I think we played that whole area there in a new dimension. And for the life of me, couldn't understand as a young child, what on earth are these people talking about? Why aren't they doing things that they're doing? But, of course, being a school child, you just, you just, what, you, you're living, you're alive, and you've got to go through the same motions anybody else go to school, whatever. I, I didn't understand that. And that. They would come back, and there was... My father had a, a man that helped him when he was not there, the gardener. And, and he was oldish, and so they referred to him as... His name was Jan, and they would talk about old Jan. But those two little boys, myself... I don't think the rest of the family even knew about it. On the other side of the wall, he made a fire. He's busy gardening and he's busy digging. He make a fire and now he's, I'm thinking now, what are we gonna have, you're gonna have lunch here? Yeah, we're gonna have lunch here. And he's got a little bag and he takes out mealies. And he has a whole barbecue set up there and some coals and stones and a stick And one by one, he does those mealies. Now, the strangest thing is my mouth started watering. Here I'm sitting with total not understanding what on earth are these politicians talking about. But God knew. Isn't... In this church has never been a factor not from 1984 1985 i arrived here on the west Rand, never seen anything never heard anybody talk anything in that dimension because it's irrelevant i quoted just now of course you all remember that you know what stands there written there too philippians 3 20 says for our citizenship is in heaven what on earth does that mean it's a, a very simple word you know our Politeo, our politics. We belong to the Christian party. And it's a big one. It's billions. They're billions through the ages, billions. One man called Jesus Christ changed the history of the world. But significant events had to fall into place in order to reverse the curse. Because only one greater than Noah Had to do what was necessary. His name is the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So, Cush, in description, means dark-skinned man, dark-skinned boy, because, you know, you have this child, that child, oh, beautiful baby, beautiful baby, beautiful baby. We give this, this name, that name, the other one. And what did he do? He went through the land of his brother, Mitzrayim. What became then Egypt. I don't know if any of you have done a subject called anthropology. But if you look at Mitzrayim, that's Egypt. That's the, the, the planter of Egypt. Like Nimrod, the builder of the Tower of Babel. The planter of Egypt. So he goes, says, are their brothers. How are you? What, what, you, what territory are you taking because the world is, is open territory? Well, you know, there's a beautiful river here, and there's a Nile Delta, and I, I'm here already, but I tell you what, there's water all the way up, and everybody that's, 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 that we hear of tells us it's, it gets more beautiful even as you go upstream. And I tell you what, I'm going to go upstream. In those days, they began to build pyramids for their kings, I always find very funny when I hear the American pronunciation, uh, it's just interesting. Pharaoh. It's Pharaoh. Just very simple. Pharaoh. Very, very, very simple. So, obviously, little family business. Yeah, well, you know what, I go to there. Okay, brother, I tell you what, you go higher up the river, this, this is good stuff, man. There's food here, there's water, big time. Look at all the, the dates, and there are all these fruit that's next to the river. It's like a river of life, man. Is it okay? I see what you people are doing. You started building pyramids, and I'm, I'm doing a little bit of a story because, based upon history, study, all of these things. I never such things, out. my name has never been Pinocchio. I'm a researcher. I'm academic since my school days. So they go higher up the Nile. And there, for the first time, you find what is known as, now you go and ask Professor Doctor, uh, Vice Chancellor Google about the black pharaohs. Man, you know, Dr. Neighbors said to me, he said, you'll be up there and do something, about, but stupid is forever. So they, they, they replicate up higher up, upstream. But all the time, as you read the scholars and the commentaries, they kept moving in a southward direction, populating Africa. But there's a big problem because great, 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 great grandfather did a wrong thing and a very righteous man that God chose out of all of the earth whose that grandfather said, that one there, with you and your generations to follow, no good. So (laughs) I... Just bear with me, but I listen to so many times, I don't think it's good for me. It's not good for, I think, a child's blood pressure. To see how politicians go on and do their ideologies and things. They don't know the Bible. They don't know the Bible. You see, the kings of Israel always had a prophet around them. I mean the godly kings. And there was another character around them also, which was the high priest. At least that. So between the prophet and the high priest, which was obviously considered to be the most educated amidst the priest and direct descendant of Pharaoh, they would be the presence, let's say, of King David, right from the beginning. Prophet Nathan and the priest uh i think it's abiathar that was there now they're in the presence of king david and they they accompanied him so david says so i go against the amalekites david says go why because they spoke to god they consulted we can get into it but let's leave that all out tonight because time would not allow us but they consult with the urim and the thurim this mysterious manner with the high priest's breastplate that the lights would begin to shine and spell out the hebrew letters There are 22 of them, but there were 12 selected as key sacred letters by which you could spell anything that God would say to you at that moment in time there. So they asked the Lord, and the breastplate starts lighting up. The lights go on, and God says to King David, Go after Amalek. You will recover, and you will recover everything, and they did. So the kings had these people. Two years, we're nearly 666 days. I'm looking at that. <laughs> now, instead of the army, you have warrior ants. And the warrior ants, if they were born again, that would be one thing. But if they're not born again, that's a big problem. They begin to advise the governments around the world. They, they've they got a big bite now because the rulers of the earth are all wondering. Everybody's looking at who's doing what. And just don't know what's going on. But in the meantime, God looks from above. And I tell you, that's a perspective that I once saw of the earth that you can't even imagine you have. God has to show you that. And it's experience God has to show you. Paul is the same situation in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. And um, But I knew it was with a purpose. And I knew big trouble was coming upon the planet. And I instantly dived into every kind of book and every kind of thing that would be anything that would be breaking news and then research that, and we did so until finally we decided this week that's enough of all of that stuff because we know what we know. However, what the people of Africa must know. See, let me say something else. Now, there's this man called, and he's an absolute national hero, President Nelson Mandela. And there's a war. I'm going to use this word, and then I'm going to use it again a bit later on, but there's this word that is called colonialism. Because with the expansion of Europe and the Renaissance and the Industrial Revolution and everything, we need this and that and the other. Where should we find? Ah, I tell you where we can go. Go to Africa. Well, we need more labor. I tell you what you can do. Go and capture some slaves. Bring them to the cotton field. Do this with them. And they ripped into Africa. And they took the most incredible diamonds out of this country that belong here. They belong nowhere else. Can you say amen? Amen. Then they went as far as saying, let us play rugby. And every time they say, well, against who? Well, the British lions, I'm thinking, well, you know what, I know wildlife, but I know that there are no, no lions running around there except in zoos. But they're about five, six, seven kilometers from here at the lion park. And I'm thinking that, that And we've got to say golden lions. No, never golden lions. This is the real thing. That is Africa's symbol. Turn Africa sideways and you have the lion mane and you have the, the face of a lion. Diamonds, gold. In those days my father was a young young man, he's just come out of school. And, and and you know, in those very early years, before he even knew my mother, he joined the police force in those days and his job down at Port Nolleth was to to prevent the the theft of what we can now say billions of dollars of diamonds. The Cullinan diamonds. Where do those things belong? The gold in Fort Knox and the rest. Where does it come from? Where does it belong? Silver. Copper. Coal. We can go on. Well, you know, let's get all of these nations sorted out let them run wild in the streets. Let, let the police brigades bring them under control. Bring draconic rule over them all. Don't worry about Africa. They're pushovers. Ooh, not so, saith the Lord. In that day, the Lord will be a defense that will bring everything to a standstill. For indeed, Africa has suffered much, ravaged by colonialism, ravaged by slavery and slave trade, ravaged. By greedy graspers that bow before the throne of Mammon the Mully devil. And they say, I'm rich. And I say to you, where from every of you, I don't care where you are. I speak in the name of the Lord to you. You listen. And listen good. You say, it is written that you're rich. Come on now. You wish not that you're naked, wretched, miserable and poor. Who says, well, you know, what have you ever heard of about a book called the Bible? If you knew what was in there, you'd stop any other thing and you'd just be into that. Because I found out it caused me to drop all university studies like art article just like that. Then they said, oh, no, but you understand, you know, we could use you as a a pastoral psychologist said, not in your life. I got a new textbook, you see. The Now, with the mind of Christ coming in, there was an acceleration of thoughts and everything I did. I found myself capable of going through things much faster than I could ever imagine that I would be able to do. But it was coming from the Spirit, through the Spirit, and before I knew it, it was in my mind, and I would not forget it. Now So they The children of Ham Specifically now Kept moving southwards Right to the point of Africa As far as Cape Town Right to the east coast To the west coast There were the Zulus And all these people You know Nelson Mandela moved off the island, came walking. And the people rejoiced and said, liberation struggle. And I had so much compassion, but I knew something that not one of them knew. Nobody spoke about it. There was never no preaching, nowhere on the planet that I'm aware of. Could be, but I don't know about it. But I went and I spoke next to Soweto there at Cagissu and I said, not so. You're not free until you got Jesus. Then you're free. There's another struggle you don't know about. And I told them that. And I gave them books to read. They said, let's begin reading books. I tell you what, my first prescribed book is the Bible. Long comes another guy, oh, I, 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 I'm a prophet also. You know, I said, really now? Now tell me, what do you think of the third verse of, you know, you know, just like this, just take Revelation 7. What are you talking about? Uh, but I thought you a prophet. It happened in Durban. Well, why are you praying for the sick? That's not what a prophet does. Really? Strange, Jesus, our Lord, is also called a prophet. And he did a lot of these ministry. No, but you know what? I'm going to have lunch now. He's still having lunch. And he's off the radar. The people of Africa needed a liberty that they didn't understand that they needed. The biggest mistake of the lockdown was the shutdown of the churches. It's fine for scientists. I'm not opposed to scientists. I have many friends among them and they're born again and they're Christian and we love one another and that's good, that's good. It's in our family, it's been in Mort's family and they're doctors and all of this, that's fine. I love that. In fact, I love science as it is. But science which really is just the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. Accumulated knowledge of facts building up towards a theory, which is a tentative generalization of which the validity has to be proved. Never been proved yet, but we believe it. Let's teach it to the school kids. In the meantime, let's go this political ideology, that political ideology in Germany, in Russia, in America, blah, blah, and another thousand blahs. And I'm thinking those people there in Africa, oh dear Jesus, they don't understand that the the liberation struggle is way beyond what they are thinking of. There's a great, 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 grandfather who missed it badly and caused all of this trouble. And if something could not happen did something happen? 40 years of agony. Or is it more 79 made a vow to God? I said, Lord, okay, this is, this, this, this is over now. I will not, like Paul, like God said, Paul, kick against the ghost. I won't kick against the girls. this I'll just, just drop the works and follow you. Yet nothing immediately happened. But like Jacob returned to Bethel, or Bethel as you would say, God kind of came patting on his shoulder, and said, you know what? I'm the God that you made the vow to when you left here in the first place. I'm still around. been watching you. You know. I've been correcting you. I've been blessing you. I've been your, without your even aware of it, navigator on the, on the road and I've taken you to a landing place which is the perfect spot I want you to be. You and your children. I will greatly multiply, and I'll give this land. So, what about Africa? Robbed? Well, you know now, colonialism You know, when people talk to me and they mention things like, the first word that comes up in my mind. You know, in Tartu, first word. What's your motive? Why do you want to do that? Oh, no, you know what? We heard there's a lot of gold in Johannesburg. Stay where you are. Not welcome. What else have you got? No, we just want some gold. Stay where you are. The worst of the worst was a Christian church that arise, and this thing bothered me from childhood to the second. that had the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it took years before I would shake hand with a man by the name of Reinhard Bonker, and he said, "Harold, Africa will be saved." Yes. because I'm not in that office. And he had that vision that he received from God to do that millions came in. Spiritually, we took hands instantaneously, each one according to the office that the Lord appointed. But I thought to myself, right, so France comes south. What is France doing? The United States, what do they, what do they, what do they want? What do they want? What have they got to give? No, you got nothing. We only come take. It's the end of that. We're not a pushover. None of us. Can you say amen and hallelujah? None of us. None of us. I mean, if you speak in the Afrikaans language there was a man called Sina Farensberg and he had one vision and I mean his book is you know it's been, it, I went through it very quickly I read what he had said but there's just one thing It stood out he spoke about a man that would come in shadow would from Cape Town fall right over Africa Nelson Mandela said fine at last and the people rejoiced and Cape Town was turned upside down But the people knew not what the real issue was, the real problem was. The real problem was a spiritual stronghold second to none. You have a thing in the spirit called territorial spirits. When they occupy, they want to stay. So you have a war and you have a victory in the war, but the same spirits are still there. You know, (laughs) I used to, I, I could think three, four, five. Doctorate psychologists come to me and say, I need your help. I hypnotized the man and he began to speak. And no, I was actually a girl. School girl. And he began to speak with a man's voice at me. I got goosebumps on top of my goosebumps and I ran for it. I just said, second, you run, take over. Harold, what, what's happening here? Well, you know, you just spoke to a demon, that's all. And a medical professor sat there and he said, what is a demon, what is a spirit? I said, don't worry. I pray for the man right to the moment of his death and be with him. Didn't matter to me. What did matter to me was, as a church, Frank has done a resilient job feeding hundreds of thousands of children and the poor and from here all the way to the Mozambique border and all the time expanding, managed to now get a mechanized system going and we had to help. You don't even know how much effort we put in helping the people of this country. And people, they don't realize what they're doing. They're doing something that brings a big blessing on them, but at the same time, the poor and the needy are helped so now we have a machine coming in that will like in less than a minute from the moment of the process begin till it falls out on the other side packaged in a bag ready for transport to a school or to whatever place wherever the address is where the needy are to go and feed them give them clothes in my heart, I had all sorts of thoughts. I thought, oh, you know, I'd like a team of doctors, team of nurses, team of dentists like we had in the Amazon River. I had a team of them go, go help these people. Once I was confronted by a thought, you know. and this thought in my mind. Now tell me. I said to myself, no, you got somebody to talk to you, and there's nobody around, and you want to talk, you talk to yourself. Of course, none of you have ever done that. Don't worry. It's only the guy on the platform. Now, watch this. How many of you have already spoken to yourself? You better raise your hands because right after that, will follow a prayer. And the lying spirits will be cast out of this place. And I say to myself, one day, you know, you, you're, you're walking and, and you're busy praying and, and you stop and say, oh Lord Jesus, where would you go if you had arrived right now? Even after President Mandela came out of the prison. Where would you go first? Richest man in South Africa? Forget it. Poorest people. Most needy people. Where would you find the Messiah most active? Where would you find the most miracles? Where would you, where would you get a book that thick of Reinhard Bonker, of the miracles of a lifetime and millions of people saved to God and a string of miracles just followed like that? And the statisticians, you know, they always these guys do that sort of thing, but some of them cook the books. I found that out too. And that's another thing that aggravated me much. Because if you know those things, now they work, it aggravates you. Because it's in presentation, there's a way to do it. Because all the people, one day a pastor, you know, just I'm just talking to the family here at Little Falls. You know, one day a pastor sat, there's a bunch of pastors that said, come talk to us. So I went and talk to the baby. They were from the AFM church. I was a friend for a long time, Dr. Isaac Berger, Understand, he's living in Pretoria on the other side there, towards Silver Lakes. One, you know, he, he's, he's a good man, and, you know. And the pastors all sitting in the circle, and they sang a song together. And one of the pastors really busy eating, and he says, "Hey, fellows, let me tell you something. All of God's people are not pawpaws. And I said, man, you got the nail right on the head right there. Not so. The capacity of the creativity and the gift set that's given to the righteous people of God is unbespeakable, to use a word of King David. You can sell a story, but you won't sell it to the body of Christ if you have the mind of Christ to start with the mind of Christ contained in this very book. When you internalize the book, this is why it's the year of the word. 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. 22 letters at the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation. It's all about a complete revelation to us of Africa. In 2022, Jesus crucified at 33. 33rd Daniel fast. It's time to reveal. So... Before we close, let me tell you something. Isn't it just a strange thing, Dr. Dennis? Isn't it just a strange thing. That the first properly documented convert was an Ethiopian. Acts chapter number eight. Somebody I heard somebody thought, no, where's that in the Bible? Go read the Bible. Read the book of Acts, go to the eighth chapter. First, fully, fully, Africa? But now, how come? Well, you know what? There's a man called Abraham with a massive blessing on his life. He was in Africa and Egypt at the time. Oh, you know what? He had a grandson called Jacob. We had another son called Joseph, who preceded the most powerful type of Christ in the Bible. He preceded. And he was actually a type of Christ so clear, so very, very clear, falsely accused imprisoned, thrown in the pit of the dungeon, but ruled even there and ascended immediately to the right hand of the throne. I mean, close to it. He said, just don't leave my bones here. It needs to be where God said it needs to be. So there's Joseph. So we know of Yaakov or Jacob. Twelve sons, the entire entire nation in birth, namely Israel, sitting in Egypt. Where? Where the children that were cursed were living. Okay. Now you talk about it. Well, now think about this thing. The Messiah arrives. He's born in Bethlehem, but Herod the Great, he was not so great. He's a murderer. Herod the Great finds out about a king. The wise men from the east, some of the resources, says still from the very advanced school of what Daniel planted there, the prophet Daniel, and they came because they knew about an event that would take place concerning the Messiah, which is documented in the book of, of Daniel 7. So they came. They saw the star and they came. And the shepherds came. God speaks in a dream. Joseph moved to Egypt. Where? Africa will protect the Messiah. It's beginning to sound better to me. So, of course, the demons of hell itself, they all gather themselves. We've we got to bring an end to this one, just like, you know, you, you sometimes see these films when you know, you get some tyrant that says, kill him. But the Bible tells me in the book of 1 Corinthians, none of the rulers of the darkness of this world knew about him because had they known what they were going to do and did, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Problems on the way. Big time. A continent where people, everybody couldn't even go to church together. I could never understand that. A child's brain doesn't go there. But somehow, thank God, the gospel reached 80% of this country. And talk about country after country after country if you go north. had a problem. They didn't understand the problem. Colonialism brought many problems but what's the real problem? It began with Noah. Well now they are there's not a little piece that falls into place. We have the Lord Jesus Christ himself and I can think of a little boy we now just for the story I'm telling you call it the baby Jesus, running barefoot around there in Egypt on African soil. Kind of reminds me now of Joshua, which is this exact same meaning and actual name, Yahoshua, Joshua, and Yeshua, which means Savior, and what did God say to Moses dead listen every place where you place your foot I've given it to you his little boy Africa shall be saved no more looting no more people that say well you know what We'll bring the whole world under subjection. We'll control 100 satellites up in the air monitoring. We, and, we, we, we want to unfold a system by, by which we will get the economy. We'll go digital and, you know, monitor everybody and bring in some iodized and magnetized iron and we'll bring in luciferin. You know, the stuff that you find with fireflies in the night, you find them glowing. It's called luciferin. But it reminds you of something else. And all of those things that do would place it. but a little baby boy walked around here, and as a child, the child don't, you know, they say, "Mommy, I don't want socks, and I don't want shoes. Take it off." Mm-hmm. Well, sure, you're playing. God said, "You're safe here. You play." And Joseph is there, a little boy, I once took a beautiful picture out in Nazareth with this little boy next to his father. He's watching his father and he's also doing the, the carpentry, and he's just doing carpentry. What a carpenter. Would you like a furniture item that he made? How much would you pay for that? Forget it, you rich people, it doesn't belong to it. Richest man, richest woman of the world, forget it, it's not for sale, man. (laughs) Well, let me cut the story short, because I'd love to continue a long time with this, but let me just say this to you. There came a moment in time which we called at university the fullness of time. This is the time appointed by God, Genesis 1, 14, the stars that were for signs. And you look at these signs. Signs in the Hebrew means that which communicates a supernatural message. So according to the calculations, this being the fullness of time, something's going to happen. Daniel, what do you think? Well, I waited a long time for Jeremiah. He was before me, and I've just read the book. I've got to wait 70 years in this place called Babylon. Don't worry, Daniel. Because 70 years have been appointed to thy people and thy holy city. Now, at the beginning of the word to rebuild the temple in Jerusalem, you start counting, Daniel. Until a date appointed, and in the same book, magnificently through mathematics, magnificently. And this answer I won't answer just to any person except it's somebody from Israel, but I won't disclose because this is this is of God, for God, and to God to His glory. Gives a secret key in the book of Daniel of the precise location of the Ark of the Covenant by GPS, even height above sea level. Okay. So, that date, Mashiach will be cut off, but not for himself. It would be for God to so love the world, for all of us. that precise moment came as calculated by daniel you work it out i do it with the students it's really simplistic but okay point is it happened exactly on time it was 33 years it's now 33 daniel fast number 33 in the meantime everybody gets stuck on one verse there's nothing wrong the bible's every verse in the bible's given by the holy spirit I've used the word, verse over and over in this period of time. The Spirit expresses, well, that's Timothy. The, the Spirit expressly says that in the last days, perilous times will come. The word perilous meaning times very hard to get a hold on, very difficult to live in will come. It's arrived. Oh, the year 22, two times 11, oh, 9-11. No, no. Well, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, yes. If you believe in Jesus Christ, it means completely another thing. You need the revelation of the Holy Spirit to find out that there are 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, the language, the mother tongue of the planet. And Aramaic, mother tongue of the planet. And with those 22 letters, God said everything that needed to say, and that's the number of completeness. He's crucified. The devil makes the biggest mistake in the history of creation. He gets his head properly smashed. He gets disarmed. You cannot take the word and bury the word. It just doesn't happen in this creation. The one who made the creation is there. And he's very much alive. He's just gone to deal with the devil and set free Abraham and the captives of the Old Testament. He led a train of captives. Which captives? I've just mentioned it to you. Many of the graves in Jerusalem went, went open and they saw them and they departed immediately, went after Christ to paradise in the third heaven, Second Corinthians chapter number 12. Well, what exactly then happened that would be significant to us? Well, in the north of Africa, we spoke about Cape Town at the north. What about going north, north? And we take the map of Africa, we see this place called Cyrene. And the Roman soldiers spot somebody because by now the Lord had been so tormented and smitten and beaten up. And it, it is, it, you know, I take tours there and I show them the place, people just stand there weeping. Simon of Cyrene, Africa. One of the sons of Cush. Simon of Cyrene, come, bear the cross. He bows down. I mean, Africa is known for slavery, isn't it? No. He bows down. I can imagine that he didn't have the exact nicest shirt that he wore that day, most probably full of holes like we would say fish moths, whatever and most probably very dirty you over there, come here, bow we need to take this man and crucify him and an African man the only continent the only continent how I wished and prayed for this moment to tell you just this was the most privileged person in world history outside of Jesus Christ. Carry the cross, get the blood of Jesus onto his body straight. Will the band get ready, please? Just like that. Now hear me, everybody. That is the moment that the curse of Noah was broken by the Greater, the Great Creator, right there, <laughs> bang! Oh yes! Don't let them tell you, oh, we, 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 we're coming to Africa. We want to have, we want some minerals here. We want that we we can provide you with this and that and the other. What's your motive? Well, you know what, um, uh, uh, we, we, we can contribute to this, that, and the other. What's your motive? Well, you know, we got, we got this, that, and the other. What's your motive? Look in my eyes and tell me what your motive is. I'll tell you right now if you're telling a lie or not. In fact, in fact I'll tell you more than that. So we see that, so we pray that, and bang, the boat's out of the waters. Gone. Because God has got a much bigger blessing. You see, they think they can leave us out. I felt so sorry for our president at the time. They brought the first batch of vaccines, and there he stood with this, like, container that came off one of these carrier jets or whatever. And I looked at that, I thought, oh, my God. Is that what they've got for Africa? Well, don't worry about Africa. They've got malaria. There's AIDS. There's this. Let's deal with the rest of the nations. Let's rev them up properly. You know, one of the things that we can do, they wouldn't know about Operation Mockingbird, would they now? Or does the Lord know about it? And so, Let's uh, do something highly responsive to the frequency of the human being and his brain. Let's bring in something and control the minds by 5G. So the preliminary research which I did, I saw like, okay, fine. We we see that about, it looks like to me at this stage of calculation that about 64%, Mind control is really exercised. Did you ever notice that? I saw a uh, a school or university girl crying because her parents took away her smartphone and gave her an analog phone. Clever parents because 64% are already controlled by that percentage in their minds by cell phones. With the rollout of 5G, it's 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 actually a weak signal. So you have to have a lot of transmitters. They even put them under manholes and whatever the case may be. Okay, I don't want to get into that. But the fact of the matter is, we can get above 90% control of their minds. Mind control by cell phone. How? Via satellite transmission. How? By central point of coordination. How? By an operation called Mockingbird. Now, I wonder where that came from. You see, the people of Africa, God's got a plan for you and I. God's got a plan for all of us. Let me tell you something. Let me speak to Zimbabwe. Let me say, they've seen your resources. They've seen Kenya. They've seen your resources. They know all about it. They get all lyrical. Oh, the lion sleeps tonight. I always think it's a stupid song actually because lions don't sleep at night, they're nocturnal. (laughs) Doesn't matter how it sounds, the lion is awake at night, sleeps in the daytime. Why does the lion sleep at night? Because he has between seven and eight times the eyesight capacity of a human being at darkness, full darkness. They actually don't like the moon too much. They don't like if, if the other animals that they're hunting, they're hungry, they want to feed now. So it's full moon, not good for them. And they definitely didn't sleep at night. You find them a day, they're saying, "Ah." and they build up energy, and at a given moment, a lioness would lead the pack. The most beautiful sights play off in Africa. And the people say, oh, you know, We're so locked down. Is there any way under the sun we can get to Africa? Hello? Come here, Minister of Transport. I got good news for you. They will overrun the hotels and every place that they can and they will look at this country and people who left this country will say, we need to get back. And they'll look at the sunshine and they will face a gunpoint if they wanna leave their room and say, when I get the gap, I'm going for the airport. Online, book me, book me, book me that day. Slip out, go down, buy rope, whatever. Get to the airport, get out here. Fly to Africa, it's beautiful. Get to Africa. No, you know what? This was so nice. This city of Cape Town, I mean, and this this whole waterfront, and this place called Durban, and and, wow, these lions are real lions. There's real lions. Nothing like anything else that exists. There's real lions around here. Did you see the eagles here? Polymatris bellicosus, 2.6 meter wingspan, known in the Afrikaans language as the Briaco the martial eagle. The Romans used it for one of their symbols, and that was in the army. It was the army symbol. They advanced by it again, African contribution. With the day that Simon of Cyrene picked that cross up. God helped him. God, the Almighty Father, helped him carry the burden of his son. And right there, God would say, it's enough. Rejoice, O Africa. I want you to bow your heads right now. I want the trumpet to get ready. Trumpet, get ready. And in a moment's time, yeah, they brought this here. I might as well. There's, there's, there's Zulu here. But this was given to me by the Zulus in KwaZulu, Natal. And they sang a song called The Line of the Tribe of Judah. On the airport, they had a red carpet with a black BMW. And I thought, where am I? You're on planet Earth. The Zulus love you. So I thought, okay, fine, okay. This, what am, where, how am I going to get this up to Johannesburg? Don't worry, we'll see to that. So they come, the choir. they sing the line of the tribe of Judah. Oh my goodness, I thought I was in heaven. And when they hear, Pastor adults coming to do the same thing every year. This is the shield. And actually something else that came with it that was also given to me with the Zulu was the cloth around the head, the leopard cloth. Tabu. Tabu says his first story he said to me, he says, Pastor Harold, watch out, there's a Zulu on your stoop. <laughs> I thought that's nice for somebody who gets his first computer and that's his first letter. There's a Zulu on my stoop. And he goes and he and he comes here and he brings me the uh, the leopard skin. I thought, well, you know, I'm I'm not sure if I like a leopard skin for that purpose, but Okay, this is Africa. This is your heritage. This is our heritage. These people are beautiful people. They're much loved by God. And so, I didn't like, because of the fact that the leopard is such a beautiful animal, I put the shield down there and with it I had the this head head thing. And I I have these two Overspoiled Rottweilers. And they must have sniffled, sniffled. This is not human. This has got something else. It's not a mouse either. <laughs> One bite and it's off. Another bite, it's in two pieces. Another bite, it's swallowed. I'm looking for it, it's gone. Now, will you bow your heads because up to midnight, we're still not in the fast midnight on the hour when it says 12 o'clock, that's the start of the fast but right now let the band come forward and we have the brass climb into action make the sound and proclaim the beginning give the Lord a praise offering first everybody
0: Wow, on that joyous note, we're going to go home. We have started the fast with the joy of the Lord. (laughs) And the Bible says that's when we get strength. And why do we need strength? Because during these 21 days, we are going to be dedicating our lives to God. There are things in our lives that we need to be, to fast also means to loose, to set free to receive the freedom that Harold spoke about by the blood of Jesus. Folk, we have been set free. This, this time, this period of 21 days is a preparation. It's not just 21 days, because in 21 days, we will try to establish certain principles, certain habits, and, and deal with things that are not good in our lives. And I'm going to say this, there are people here that are needing they feel they need to be delivered, delivered from all kinds of things that Satan has captured you with. So use these 21 days. Our pastors are here. There are people, there are cell leaders, there are, there are uh, zone leaders that, that are ready to help you, to discuss things with, to get you through this period. And I want to encourage you, please, let this year 2022 be a year of victory. In our lives, a year where we're going to see the freedom of God, the deliverance from the uh, through the Holy Spirit from every bondage that may be holding people tight in fear. And I want to say that the spirit of fear is broken tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to end off with prayer. Father, I now pray over this congregation, everybody watching us now uh, uh, via via live streaming, that Lord, you will just have your presence felt right now in every single person. That Holy Spirit, you will bring about deliverance. Lord, let these 21 days be a period where we move closer into your presence, where we can experience your presence. Father, I thank you now in Jesus' name that you are setting people free, that that freedom is beginning right now in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I want to ask that you will just take hold of people, that you will help them, you will empower them, you will move them onto new levels in the Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. And Heavenly Father, I thank you. What a privilege, what an honor to be able to say, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you tonight as we cry out, Abba, Father. And Lord, as as we finish off tonight with the Lord's Prayer, I just want to say, Lord, let this year be a year of victory, of blessing of prosperity, of success, of open doors for every single person starting right now in Jesus' name. And let's end off by praying the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And Lord, we pray now as we end off, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And everybody said Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.